0: Welcome to Conference in Review. I'm Dana.
1: And I'm Derek.
0: Today we are studying Why the Covenant Path by Elder D. Todd Christofferson.
1: This is a a good talk. They all are, but this is a good one. President Russell M. Nelson um, says, what does he say? Has studied and taught God's covenants with his children. He is himself a shining example of one who walks the covenant path.
0: He gives a a quote here, lower below, below that, what is the covenant path? It is the one path that leads to the celestial kingdom of God.
1: Press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men, the two great commandments to the end. And it's interesting because he says, and this extends beyond mortality, which is... You don't usually hear that, but it says you know we're supposed to endure to the end, but uh, he's saying that even extends beyond mortality.
0: And mortality is not the end. Our o- overarching covenant commitment is to do God's will and to be obedient to His commandments in all things, and He sh- that He shall command us. So we have a commitment. To do that. And then he goes and gives this sports analogy with tennis. I remember playing tennis in fifth grade. They had a tennis club. And we were all ranked, I guess. And I was the worst player. So the last player on the B team. So I was number last. And I tell you, after fifth grade, I didn't do tennis anymore. And all I can remember is the scoring... You know, um, even that I don't really know very well. I just know that the word love is part of scoring, so I don't
1: remember. But his point was that, you know, when you watch the really good players, because when, when I play, most of mine are unforced errors because I don't get over the net or I hit it way over the net or... Out of bounds, but when you watch the really good players, there's not very many unforced errors. Usually, it's the other player hit it, served it so hard they couldn't get to it, or
0: so the unforced errors are the are the um, blunders. They're made because of your blunders, not because of the other person's. Yes,
1: yeah. And so the point is, is that when we're on the covenant path, we're able to avoid not all but more of those unforced errors those those and he he gives example of several of them he says we sidestep various forms of addiction we ditch all of ditch dishonest conduct
0: you do not fall into the ditch of dishonest conduct
1: yeah we cross over the abyss of um, of immortality and fidelity.
0: Immorality. Derek, just so you know, Derek's kinda of stumbling. He got his COVID shot two days ago and he was fine on Friday. He's like, I feel great. I don't and then Saturday afternoon, so
1: Yeah, I'm still sick. So maybe I'm not reading it. <laughs> so, right. sorry. sorry, I'll do better.
0: So if you know if if it sounds like I keep on Yeah, that's what's going on with him. He's not feeling great.
1: We bypass the people and things that, even if popular, would jeopardize our physical and spiritual well-being. We avoid the choices that harm or disadvantage others. So there's a lot of things there that we can avoid by staying on the covenant path. And then he says, instead, we're able to acquire habits of self-discipline and service.
0: I think about avoiding choices that would harm harm us and I think about high school when other kids would be wanting to go to these parties I had never had any desire and I was able to stay away from that and later on I'd hear about the drinking and the dumb things that people would do or the trouble they'd get into and by walking the covenant path you're able to sidestep a lot of that and that's just as a youth that doesn't even include the things that happen later on as an adult.
1: Yeah, it's funny because he qu- quotes Jay Golden Kimball. I don't know how many people have quoted Jay Golden Kimball because he's <laughs> that was pretty colorful. Huh? He's pretty colorful. <laughs> he says uh, Jay Golden Kimball said, I may not have always walked the straight and narrow, but I try to cross it as often as I can.
0: But in a more serious moment, he probably would have admitted that staying on, not just crossing the covenant path, is our greatest hope for avoiding avoidable misery and being able to deal with the unavoidable ones, the woes that come into your life. And I would say that's definitely true, is the unavoidable woes. For example, we talked about in the past about death of loved ones, how there is A bitterness and just a great darkness when you lose someone, when you do not understand or believe in the covenants that we make. So we're able to more successfully deal with those.
1: And then he asked the question some may say, I don't need to be, I can make good choices without being baptized, I don't need the covenants. There are many who, while not on the covenant path themselves, act in a way that mirrors the choices and contribution of those who are on the path. So what is the difference? What is the difference between someone who is making the covenants and someone who's living very righteously but not making the covenants? And so that's, I think, what he goes through. Uh, And I think there's four, four areas that he makes in to explain why having these covenants make a difference over someone who isn't able to make these covenants, but is living a good life.
0: Yeah. So we start with the first one. It's the nature of our obedience to God. The way he just said that the nature of our obedience to God, I didn't really understand that. And you have to, you do have to keep reading kind of to understand what he's talking about, because that right there, sometimes it's a little more um, straightforward. But instead of just having good intentions, we're committing to follow commandments. So we're it's that's difference mm-hmm. is that we're not just trying to, oh, I want to just be a good person. I'm going to be nice. It's like no, I want to follow Jesus Christ.
1: Well, and he says. We solemnly commit to live by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. And that's that's a lot of words. There's a lot of scriptures. And that's, well, obviously we're not perfect at it, but we're striving to endure. And
0: he does say that by doing that, it's because we feel accountable for our choices. We feel accountable to God. So you're not just... Being good for the sake of I'm going to be a good person just because it's better for society. You're you feel accountable to someone. You don't. It's that accountability. Yeah. I'm I've got a answer to Heavenly Father, and that's why I need to be a good person or make good choices. I should say.
1: Well, in the baptism and sacrament, we make the covenant to take upon us the name of Christ. He says, we're focused on Christ, on being valiant in the testimony of of Jesus and developing the character of Christ. And so as we make that covenant every week, it's helping us to focus on Jesus Christ.
0: And this is where he does go into that story about John and Mary, how she had not been active in church until they had children. And then she started feeling the need to start raising them.
1: He's not a member.
0: And he's not a member. But he was supportive. And it was very... When they say those grandparents, oh, they love the way these kids are trained, they're so good. But because of some antagonism towards the church, they want to say, oh, it's because of their parenting skills. And I was thinking when I was reading this about how it seems in my lifetime, I feel like there was this little lull where people had good feelings towards the church in the 90s. And I remember President Hinckley would talk about, the world, you know, people are kind and we need to spread the gospel. And it was so brief because then it was like Satan comes in and there was that proposition, I can't remember what prop it was. in In California. Derek remembers it. (laughs) You weren't even living in California at the time. I was, was, and I can't even remember
1: it. It was everywhere.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I couldn't remember it. And then the antagonism started up again, and it hasn't let go since. Yeah, They don't want to admit, oh, yeah, they're part of that church. Because then people start saying, oh, yeah, that church, they're homophobic. They're racist. They're every other mean thing you can think of we've been called yeah. and that's the modern one when i was a kid it was they're not christian well no. it's not the same jesus but i like how john the husband who at this time is not a member of the church he wouldn't let it He he's like no it's you know it's not because of that it's because of the church and he wouldn't let it slide he stood up for it and i say good mm-hmm. for him and yeah. he wasn't even a member at the time
1: yeah, he well, and he's—I mean, he—in a way, you think about it, he's bearing testimony because he's seeing the results of it, and he's living it as well. Because as a parent, you know, he's supportive, and to be supportive, that means he's probably having family prayer and reading scripture, and maybe even going to church, and all those things are having an effect on him. He's living the covenant without having the covenants yet.
0: Yeah. And so it's and he working did, on him. And he did become baptized because yeah. he felt the Spirit, and he was feeling the changes as well, and he knew where it was coming from. Yeah. He didn't want to deny it and say just because the world was not liking some of the things about the church.
1: It says, and Then in the last paragraph he says, While life has not been without challenges for them, their sons and their sons, Mary and John wholeheartedly affirm that it is, in fact, the gospel covenant that is at the root of their blessings. They're being blessed by living the covenant, walking the covenant path.
0: You go to the second unique aspect of the gospel. Okay, I'm trying to read it. Now I'm getting messed up, too. It's our relationship with deity. That's something that's different from a covenant-consistent path, is what he called it earlier people who are just kind of living good lives and this is on the covenant path this is one of the differences is that we have a relationship with god we are bound to him and i love how he talks about the story about some newspaper person thought that by doing baptisms for the dead we put microfilm in the water a whole batch of it, and then okay, they're baptized. Yeah. Like you no, know, yeah, I know that sounds sounds pretty nice and efficient, but that's not how it works. And I love the idea that, figuratively speaking, this gate is so narrow, the straight and narrow, that it only allows one person to enter at a time.
1: If it's about the one. We're all. Where did I just hear that? We're all the, the one lost sheep. None of us are the 99. We're all the one lost sheep. The Lord's taking care of each one of us as if we're the one lost sheep.
0: It's like we're both. We're the 99 and the one lost sheep. Then the third special blessing of the covenant path. He gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost, the constant companionship, protection, and guidance of the Holy Spirit.
1: The Holy Spirit fills us with hope and perfect love. So that I was thinking about that, and that is one of the the big differences is that we're able to, you know, the the Holy Ghost is what what seals the covenants and allows us to grow, and and so having the Holy Ghost in our lives when we repent is is making a difference. Every time we take the sacrament worthily our sins are being washed away, which is amazing. And sometimes I don't think we really think about that. But.
0: And you know, I remember we were talking about, I think you saw this, it was a, one of these celebrities had been raised in the church and later on had the family kind of went inactive and now they turned distance. And this actress was saying how every time there was this thing niggling at her every time she goes to take to drink alcohol or whatever. She said she can always kind of feel that little niggling in the back of my mind saying you shouldn't be doing this. And she was angry or kind of frustrated that that was there, that she couldn't just do things without that. And she blamed it on oh, I've been brainwashed or or oh, I, you know, I just, it was when I was a child and I can't get rid of it. And I just was thinking as we were reading this how the holy ghost as being baptized a member is still there and it's still, it's something that people want to get rid of and they try and sometimes they can successfully just get rid of it. But I think that it's that little bit that's, that's still there.
1: Yeah. I think people actively try and stamp out the light of Christ. It's that feeling of guilt when you're making bad choices. And if nobody can tell them that they're doing wrong, then it must not be wrong and so by silencing everyone you know about abortion and and that your choices are not good if nobody says it's bad then it must be okay
0: talks about how when he was oh we we're going to the fourth one sorry yeah um those pursuing the covenant path also find singular blessings in variously In various divinely appointed gatherings. So he says, then he quotes from uh, President Nelson, when we speak of the gathering, we are simply saying this fundamental truth. Every one of our Heavenly Father's children deserves to hear the message of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, he's been talking a lot about that, about the gathering. And he committed the youth to be the, what is it, the...
0: The Lord's battalion, yeah, the
1: youth battalion or something like that. Committed them to to be on board, and he's uh, several times he's talked about the gathering, how important it is, and how exciting it is, and said that that's the most important thing right now in the in the gospel is the gathering.
0: You know, that's one thing that's different about our missionary work from other Christian churches is that when they say the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. They think that believes. They think that that means that if you don't hear it, you're damned. That's the end. And so there's a fear. We got to hurry up and share this message so no one has to to go somewhere they don't have to. But for us, it is not that yes, the only way is through Christ, but it is more like everyone deserves to know that in this life to have their lives changed to have part of the sweet fruit it's kind of like how in our country in the united states how we're pretty wealthy and we want to help others to be able to have better lives and there are some countries where it's like they're poor it's like okay well they can survive they're not they're not totally worse off but um you know, sometimes I give these analogies, and then halfway through, I'm like, okay, that analogy doesn't work. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I I'll let you back put a little bit. Let's just say that I love how our idea of the gospel and sharing the gospel is not about saving someone from an endless torment. It's more about sharing something that is good, that can make people very happy, that they deserve to know. I love that everyone deserves to know it and that's our attitude about missionary work and sharing the gospel and the gathering that's what that's what the gathering is it's it's not about saving people from the the fire yeah
1: and and then weekly gathering where is where we're able to meet with others and support and lift and and love each other, to be in a group of with other people and hear their struggles and their testimonies strengthens everyone. And we realize we aren't the only one with problems and that we're all striving. And then we're able to take care of each other through ministering and, and the different callings, serving one another.
0: He talks about how, as a teenager, he was the only member of the church in his high school class. And I completely identified with this because although I wasn't the only member, there were only about five or six of us. I, they were, and there were never ten. I know it was always less. It was always in the single digits every year in my high school. And I felt the, and, and when I was the only member in my middle school, and that was hard because it was a tough middle school, and I remember feeling that same way, how I needed that refreshing of going to church and meeting with the Sabbath every, every week. And I remember primary was hard because I was in the sixth grade. Had they done it the way they do it now, it probably wouldn't have been so bad. <laughs> Being able to go in that second semester and just like, because there were things they teach in primary. I'm like, nope, I'm not dealing with that right now. Mm-hmm. I went to Young Women's and, ah yes that is exactly what i'm dealing with this is so nice and how it refreshes you spiritually and he was saying even physically Uh, i don't know how it i don't know that it refreshed me physically maybe i think there was and i remember sunday evenings we would sit at home and in my family so here in our house that we have we don't on sundays we watch maybe if we watch tv it's like church things when I was a kid, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was on, on Sunday nights. And I remember it was always, that was when I was an old, a teenager, that started coming on. And it was from that time, I was in sixth grade until I graduated from high school. And let me tell you, that was nice. Every night we would make a dessert and watch it and just having the Sabbath day, gathering with my family. And we'd watch this show that was always pretty wholesome. And after that, it was the downward slide into Monday and uh, (laughs) back to reality. But I needed those, I needed going to church, seeing my church friends, because unlike our kids here in Utah, where they're friends, they they go to church, they go to school with the people they go to church with. There's not a difference, really. And they may or may not hang out with them, but... I, that's one thing that living here I, I feel bad for him sometimes because it was always nice for dances and stuff. You could always just pick one of your church friends to go with you to the dance and nobody would say anything because they didn't know him. Can't do that here. But yeah, I just I, I identified with being refreshed on the Sabbath to gather with them to church. And, now, and then we also gather to the temple. And I know that you're missing that. You're deacon's. Derek, um, yeah. he um, is the deacon advisor, and that's something that you used to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, much harder to go, but...
0: Uh, that was such a special thing, though, that the kids look back on with, I don't know, the good feelings, because every Friday, Derek and... So when... Bef- we Our wards split, and so you were the scoutmaster, and the other guy was the... Um,
1: Yeah, second counselor. Second
0: counselor. So you both were over the deacons, and every Friday they would take the deacons, and it later spread out to, as the deacons move into teachers and priests, they'd still go. Sometimes we'd get a few young women going, and it was really nice, and and they've really missed that gathering. And seeing the temple worker there got to know you, and he'd have little parties sometimes on Saturdays and invite you over.
1: (laughs) He would sneak donuts in... (laughs) Into the dressing room in the temple. So the handicapped dressing room, he would put donuts on the chair in the handicapped dressing room.
0: I hope there's no handicapped to need that dressing room. Yeah. They'd be like, ooh, donuts. (laughs) (laughs) It was a wonderful thing.
1: And so he would tell everybody, Kay, after you get dressed, just go in that dressing room. There's a donut for you. And he'd get up at like 3 a.m. Because I think they're open all night. It was always uh, the... Those... uh... Of donuts up there on University Parkway.
0: Mm. Oh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Krispy Kreme donuts, and so <laughs> everybody would get it, have it get a donut, and so yeah. and then wow. he'd have a he'd have a breakfast once a year at his church invite all the
0: I know it youth was, that would come on Friday, and I didn't even go most of the time with you guys. I mean, sometimes I did, but I was invited too. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. I could go on about that and how you can talk bad about Krispy Kreme, but they're the only place you can get a donut in the middle of the night. <laughs> so finally, it is our only in pursuing the covenant path that we inherit the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the ultimate the ultimate blessings of salvation and exaltation that only God can give. So in following the path, that's one thing that we are aware of Because we know that that's the only way to receive the blessings of salvation and exaltation. We've talked many times about how exaltation is something that's unique to this faith, our faith, because of the rest of the world, the rest of the Christian world, it's just salvation.
1: And we're, by being baptized, we are uh, reborn into the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob become part of that uh, the house of Israel.
0: Those who are loyal to the covenants shall come forth in the resurrection of the just.
1: They're made perfect through Jesus the mediator of the new covenant.
0: That's really neat. I know a lot of you hear through the ages of early Christianity where they believe the body is evil and we don't believe that that we are in a bondage when we are without our bodies, but Satan is the one who tempts us to do evil things with our body. Then he hearkens unto us. Oh no, he 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 asks us to hearken. Let us heed the prophets' call to stay on the covenant path.
1: Says uh, Nephi saw us in our time and recorded, I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. They were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. And so by walking the covenant path, we are armed with righteousness and the power of God in great glory, which is a great promise.
0: So we are down to two more talks. And we will be able to tell you right now what they're going to be because we have decided that we want President Nelson's talk to be the last one.
1: So Henry B. ironing next week. Yes,
0: and I believe it's the one called Bless His Holy Name. Um, bu-bu-bu-bum. Yes, and they were both from the priesthood session. Mm-hmm. So Bless His Holy Name will be next week, and then we will end with... President Russell M Nelson what we are learning and'll we'll never forget so we are taking a break the next week because it's conference and so we challenge you all to listen to conference take your notes and study them and we also invite you to follow the prophet